Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to episode 35 of the Utabia podcast. I'm your host, Jim Chisholm, and today I'm joined by examiner football writers Rory Benson and Blake Welton. Uh, but before we pick their brains about all things Huddersfield Town, I'm going to point you in the direction of our sponsors, Beer52. If you go onto the website and type in the code Huddersfield, which I hope you can all spell, you get a £29 crate of beer for 5 95 which works out roughly at the cost of package. But uh, do remember to drink responsibly, because that's quite a lot of beer. Right, last night, Magic of the Cup. Rory was actually there for his sins. Yeah. Go on, tell us about it. It was uh, just a day that no one really wanted. I think I think quite a lot of people would have taken a loss in the first game against Birmingham rather than having to do that replay, especially with Bournemouth this weekend, which is a huge game. But... I don't know, there, there were positives to take out of it. There was a bit more creativity than we've seen in recent games. Um, Tom Ince looked pretty decent uh, going forward. Phil Billing ran the show in the centre of the park. Aaron Moy looked, looked less tired than he has in recent, recent games as well. So, although it was probably a day that no one really wanted, there were positives to take out of it. And it's a win for the first time since, uh, since the Bolton match the first week of January. Um, so hopefully they can get a bit of confidence and, and move forward from you know what's been a pretty poor run of, of form in the league. I, I just want to ask the key question: How cold was it? It was it was it was not not nice. They were playing t-shirt weather beforehand, and I was, the irony was just palpable. But <laughs> no, it was uh, it was very very cold. And then you know we got back to Huddersfield at about three in the morning, and it just it was just a long long day. Uh, and I think beforehand we were both saying like is this is just definitely going to extra time and inevitably it did but the context of it obviously a win's a win isn't it but um and Phil Billing doing well but I'm still struggling I don't know if you can help me out with this he's it is Brony Birmingham and it did take a replay in extra time mm-hmm. you know how do we put this in context because I know it's a win a win but Phil Billing looked good against a struggling Birmingham side they did take them all the way to extra time as well, you know. Yeah, I think you've got to look at Birmingham's form though. Like, although they they are in the the championship relegation scrap, I think they've gone seven games without a loss. You know, they they're sort of picking up wins left, right, and centre. And you know, football's a, it is a game of form. The amount of times you see in the FA Cup lower league teams beating higher up teams who are out of form, I think you know. Judging by Towns form and Birmingham's form, it was always going to be a tough sort of match. Uh, I think David Wagner understood that and picked a pretty strong team. Like no one expected Aaron Moy to really start, um, but he knew what that could do to the confidence for Town going forward, especially in the next run of games. I think seven of the next eight games are, or six of six of the next eight games are against teams that are in the bottom half of the division. You know, teams that they really need to be beating, who are you know within two or three points of them. So. That win for me was crucial. No matter if it went to extra time or you know they struggled a bit in the first leg, 
they've got the win now, and hopefully that can you know pick them up going into the the last is it twelve matches of the season. What's going to be the impact of that? You know, extra thirty minutes at the end there, because we already look leggy. I mean, you mentioned Moy. Blake texted me last night. I think we were quite surprised that Moy was starting. Mm-hmm. It seemed like a bit of a risk when we we are quite thin in the centre of the park as well. So I wonder what his thinking was there. Was it giving a bit of confidence against lower league opposition? Or? I think for me it was it was more Moy plays because Jonathan Hogg's more vital to the town team going into the last sort of few games. I think they know that if they concede, especially the first goal in the Premier League this season, if you go one 0 down, you're gonna lose that game. You might get a point out of it. For me, Jonathan Hogg is the most crucial part of that town team and with Danny Williams out that leaves you with Phil Billing and possibly Dean Whitehead and Aaron Moy as the three options you have in midfield Uh, I think the idea of putting Billing in is a good one because he's missed quite a lot of the season and you need him to be sort of hitting some form going into the last 12 games so that you can chop and change between him and Aaron Moy for me they're the two players who are creative in the heart of town's midfield and although Jonathan Hogg will be crucial they can kind of be chopped and changed a little bit and I think giving them both a run out against lower league opposition, as you say, gives them a bit of confidence. Um, Moy probably didn't have the type of game that I thought he would have against Birmingham because, you know, as we saw in the Championship last season, he was head and shoulders above quite a lot of midfielders in that division. Whereas it was Phil Billing that stood out yesterday. So, I don't know, I can see why he did it and I can see why Jonathan Hogg needs to be rested. Um whether I would have played him is, an, is another matter but like I said before that win was so vital that playing him and getting that win even though he might not have had the, as big a role as we thought it was probably a good idea beforehand Yeah like I said I text you and I think you made the point last last week when we were talking about transfers about Tandu maybe look a bit light in central midfield and that at times and I, I agree with that particularly when he doesn't seem to be playing Dean Whitehead Okay, Dean Whitehead, I think no one in this room is going to say Dean Whitehead is, is now got the Premier League legs and, and maybe, you know, to, to be a Premier League starter. But for a, an FA Cup game, at, you know, a lower league opposition, I would have thought at least, you know, seen some of him or maybe started with him. He's on the bench and if he's on the bench, surely he's someone to maybe consider using. If he's just on the bench just to fill up the bench... Um, and and that and he's great to have around the dressing room and and that and he's working towards coaching and becoming you know a coach. I I think that's wrong. I'd rather have someone on the bench who's looking to the future like Lewis O'Brien, Regan Booty. I just I, yeah I, I I just struggle with the whole Aaron Moy thing because if Aaron Moy picked up an injury against Birmingham yesterday, that's you know he could then be out for Bournemouth, um and and, and games that are far more crucial and. Danny Williams is out with a with a dead leg at four games now, isn't it, Rory? Yeah, three or four games. Three or four. Well, so yeah, I'm I'm still at a bit of loss at the Moy and why not play Whitehead? Yeah, well, I think I've, I've I mean I've said it last week. We're, we're one injury away now from a, a catastrophe in the middle of the park. But let's move on from. Um, we're going to win the FA Cup. No, not no, really no. No. Okay, we can all watch the royal wedding. We <laughs> make other plans. Is it the same day then? Same day, yeah. Oh, great, right. great planning. Um, it's my day off then, anyway. <laughs> Speaking of the FA Cup, um, let's go back and let's talk about Man United. Um, me and you were there, Rory. Uh, I want to talk about the formation that we played first. So you're yeah. the football journalist. So you're going to talk me through what went on there. Yeah, it was an interesting one. Before the game, I couldn't 
couldn't really work out what he was going to play with uh, Hadouzhanai and, and Smith in the team. You know, we haven't seen Hadouzhanai play anywhere other than right back. Um, what we found out after the game was that he's played centre midfield until he was twenty, which no one really knew. <laughs> like everyone was scratching their heads in the press box. But no, it was an it was an interesting formation. Um, I don't I don't really know. I, to be honest, I quite enjoyed it. I thought Flo played really well in centre midfield. He was probably one of the standout players on the day. Um, I mean, I thought it was a four three three. I would say it was a four-three-three, but it was a bit because they were, yeah, because they were pe- pegged back so much, it was more like a four-five-one sort of thing with with uh, Depoitre just completely on his own up front. Yeah. But, well, again, another thing that we've seen so many times away from home is it's it's all right to launch balls to a big man, but if there's nobody there to win second balls, mm-hmm. it's it's utterly futile. I felt quite sorry for for Depoitre on on Saturday, as it reminded me of Liverpool away. Mm. Um, you're not you're not going to score. You're not going to win. Co- you know you're not, you're not going to win games if there's such a gap between your midfield mm-hmm. and your lone striker. But I thought back on Hadionai, I thought he played absolutely brilliantly. I thought he, he took that role, made it his own, and he's quite dynamic. And yeah. he goes forward in a way that another defensive midfielder like a Hogg or, or a Williams wouldn't do. And I think in a lot of ways he was our only attacking threat or at least he was moving the ball he was an outlet he definitely has the best delivery out of out of anyone in the town team and that's why I I quite I prefer him playing on the right because he can whip balls into Mm. the box like we saw against Birmingham put a few decent balls in and they weren't on anyone's head but they were in a decent area Um, but then you know against Man United he, he buzzed around the pitch he's kind of if you have Jonathan Hogg and Danny Williams, I guess he's a step on from that in that he's, he's sort of driving runs from midfield, do carry the team forward. I don't think we saw it enough against United because there was nothing ahead of yeah. him. But no, he's definitely one of the better attacking players in town's team. No, I, I totally agree. I, I think before the... Um, I think the Birmingham game, after the Birmingham, the first Birmingham game, one of, one of the key talking points, five things we learned, is Flo has to get a constant run in the team. Because he is one of the players who does look like he can take this, you know, this this league, and you know, be creative. He's got a great set set piece and delivery as well, and, and you know that's been lacking. So, um, so I was I've been so pleased that he's been given that run out and he's delivering as well um, at now. So, uh, you know, I I was unfortunate to miss the Old Trafford game. Um, I, I was on a spa and I was in the jacuzzi and I was having a look at the team and trying to work out in the jacuzzi. And I thought it would be something where you'd have um, Smith because Smith is, that does seem to be struggling and you get one on ones, you know. So I thought literally it'd be doubling up on that flank with, you know, Flo in front of him and that. Um, but yeah, it wasn't at all and it completely surprised everyone. But again, David Wagner, we've been calling out for Wagner to be more flexible with his formations and he, since. You know, since Birmingham, you know, the first time out he has, so fair play to him. Yeah. I'm not sure what I think about that, though. Like, we have been wondering, like, oh, should he play two up top? You know, just change it around a bit, try and get a bit more creativity. But I think what that sacrifices then is people being able to play in the formation that you choose. So if you go from a 4 2 3 1 into a 4 3 3 into a 4 5 1 into three at the back, which he has done as well in the past, how do people kind of although they will train in that formation for a week, is that enough time to really bed into the system and understand it? Well, this is something that Neil Bussey on Twitter 
has asked. He says, why the tinkering? I do hope Wagner isn't being swayed by the media. It's you guys. <laughs> or the fans, that's me. That's all right then, that's, it's not just us. We need him strong and focused. Changing things about too much has got to be confusing the lads. Congolo, what a player. McTominay must still be in pain though. Because that was a <laughs> hell of a flat liner that he, he laid on him. But yeah, I mean, we've gone from it's the 4 2 3 one. This is how we play. Uh, people complaining that we need to change. To the last few weeks, we've had two up top. We've had a 4-5-1 um, it seems that people are never happy <laughs> it's just the nature of football management isn't it it's the nature of the beast I, I personally like although I think it was a good experiment halfway through the season to try and mix it up because if you stumble onto something and you win four games in a row you know that takes you pretty close to survival it hasn't worked so now I think the best thing to do is just go to the 4-2-3-1 but play like they played last season in, in that four two three one formation. At the minute, although going for when you're defending, obviously teams in the Premier League are better at going forward. I think that tends to pin Towns left and right side of the attacking midfielders back a little bit, which means that Depoitre and Munier are just so on their own up front that it's just impossible for them to bring the ball down and, and give it to a man. So I don't know, I think in the next few games, especially in this sort of quote unquote easier run of games that they've got it's just about trying to be positive and pushing them forward as much as possible and getting the, the defenders to overlap on either side as well I think um, the, the key thing is is okay I think it's been a necessity to change and and that I'm not saying change for change's sake and I don't think anyone you know in the examiner said like just change for change's sake it, it's it's been a necessity because the Premier League is such a different beast to the Championship and last season Town had an awful lot of the ball possession and you know they were able to dictate the way you know the games were played and things whereas this season they're not so they've got to try and work out different as far as say solutions to, to the problem of winning games to, to get possession and to try and you know get you know their identity so it has been it's been a necessity which I think has worked to some extent in some games I think the Liverpool game playing two up front um, was the right thing to do and up until the first goal uh, which was a lucky deflection and then the timing of the second goal before half time um, I don't think you can basically you know throw away that plan just on that game against Liverpool who's a top four opposition and one of the biggest clubs in, in the league and, and Europe as well so um, I, and, and I think as well going back to what Rory said and touching on Rory's point about you know is is a week a lot enough time to change and adapt to formations and different playing styles he's got a better quality of player now and the old adage is if you're a good enough player you can adapt to any position and any any role in that. He's not, no disrespect to maybe the likes of Joe Lolly or, or Harry Bunn or players he's had in the past, but the majority of starting 11 are more more intelligent footballing players who, you know, can you adapt? Can you play here? Yeah, sure. Okay, have a few sessions, a few drills. I think formation's only half the problem though, because like we saw against Birmingham, they, they've finally managed to create a few chances and they scored four goals, but only 50% of them were on tar- shots were on target. It's about being clinical. And like, like I said before, you need to get the first goal in these Premier yeah. League games. And the amount of times that Town in the first 20 minutes put the pressure on the other team, but fail to get that goal and then concede just before half-time, there's a, it's just an uphill battle from there. They just need to make sure that they use the ball a bit better when they're in that dangerous area. 
if they can get there, sort of thing. I mean, I think the the point that you made, Blake, about the difference between last season and this season is that we had the ball a lot last season, which meant that we had the energy to press and win the wall, ball back, particularly further up the pitch. We can't do that this season because we, we, we don't have the ball most of the majority of the time, which means that we can't press frantically, which means that we have to be, be a bit more conservative. And the problem with our game is we are so poor at counter-attacking. Mm. If you look at what Carvajal's done at Swansea, yeah, they do all the, the defensive stuff for the majority of the game. They don't, you know, they don't have the, the ball for the majority of the game, which is unusual in many ways for a Swansea team, what you associate with them playing. Mm-hmm. But they counter really well. And for me, we just don't have the... I don't, don't know that the transitions are just so slow and laboured. And I think, that I think our wing-backs are, are... I think we've got some good wing-backs, but when we're countering, they're quite poor at just getting it up there and for all the criticism he gets Rashi Van La Parra is the only person that can take a ball and create that transition quickly I think for me the, the reason the transition isn't working is the form of Aaron Moy I think he's in the middle of that town defence when the ball gets turned over it goes to him he looks up and passes and you know releases Rajiv Van La Parra and Tom Ince and whoever it is on the wing I think now because they had so much success with that at the start of the season maybe they've been worked out slightly so Premier League teams as soon as the the transition's there as soon as Town win the ball back they're, they're on Aaron Moy pressing him so he can't turn and release that ball and then you're going back to you know the amount of times that we just see Town passing it along the back four now because those two in central midfield are just getting pressed so high that they can't turn they can't create and they can't release players I don't know how you would how you would really counter that unless you played like he did against Birmingham unless you play two midfielders who are able to spray passes yeah. but then you don't have the cover and you know like I said before you need Jonathan Hogg in that team to, to defend against the attacking players from other teams or, or, or maybe go long I, I, I spoke to a fan um, this morning and we are talking about it and again when you say go long we're not talking Sam Allardyce football you know for 90 minutes but if you're playing the ball for a couple of minutes in your back line and you can't see something one of the defenders has to make a decision because you know Schindler's got a good delivery Zankus improved on his you know delivery and I need, and Lossell's great with his delivery one of them needs to make a decision right okay we're passing it back patter 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 around the back getting nowhere Lolo's up there right this to hit hit Lolo and that and then and change it the the and that and literally the, the opposition defense will be like oh you know get a corner get a free kick get the ball further upfield and and maybe do it from there I think if you do that you've got to explain to then the forward three in midfield that they have to get beyond the striker yeah like if the amount of flick ons that you know Zapata I think now every time he, the ball gets to him he's trying to chest it and go back yeah. towards the town team because there's no one going in beyond yeah. and that was what I guess summed up last season offensively people getting around the outside getting to the byline and cutting it back we just haven't seen that this season and I understand that the, there's more pressure so you know you can't just run upfield willy nilly but there needs to be some sort of you know one of them has to make a decision right I'm going to go this time and just you know even if nine times out of ten it doesn't go to you if it goes to you once and you you score that goal in the Premier League you know goals come at a premium so where does Alex Pritchard fit into this because we've had Cameron, Little, Cameron Littlewood on Twitter is asking will Alex Pritchard ever play and it's something you, you go down at the Mac I try not to but if I do um, that's what everyone's talking about so what's what's happening there um, 
I think Pritchard has just been unfortunate in the fact that he's came to the club. Um, obviously, the, the the club have been on a bad run, and he's been their their, their only signing in January, and he's been made out to be, you know, the the answer to all the you know old old town's problems and the solutions and and to keep them up but he's also come at a run of games that is involved Liverpool Manchester United and you're not going to be playing a number 10 or that sort of player in those games really it's i think Pritchard like you know Pritchard's town career like the rest like like town's you know campaign it starts in earnest and on Saturday, on Sunday against Bournemouth, you know that's when it starts. Season starts now for him at Town. Season starts for Town again. Resets to zero, zero points. Right, we've got all we've got twelve games to go for, and that, and I think that's where he will come to the fray and the forefront, and you know he will hopefully improve why we spent so much money on him. Should should we talk about Bournemouth? Has anyone got any more observations about the Man United game that you want to? Not really. Let's move on. Try and get a win at the weekend. Yeah. I have an observation that I predicted two 0 to Man United, and you know I don't get paid for this. <laughs> Just Blake and Mel. I can't, I can't remember that. I don't remember. Uh, that. Go listen to episode thirty-four. You'll find it. So Bournemouth. One simple question: Is it a must-win game? No. <laughs> Awkward silence. Um. Okay. Yes, it is. Um. I think everyone's approach for the last home game against Liverpool to some extent was wrong because if you can't get up for Liverpool at home in front of you know TV cameras in front of the floodlights um, you know there's something wrong with you you shouldn't really be following football um, you know and and also it wasn't a game that you know would, would have been targeted for points anything would have been a bonus whereas Bournemouth you know Bournemouth at home Sunday packed out stadium and that they're the points that town need to be getting and that regularly um, and then so you've got Bournemouth and you've got Crystal Palace at home Swansea at home coming up so that's where everyone should be saying come down Dean Hoyle should be coming out that for those games Sean Jarvis coming out for those games not Liverpool at home because if you can't get up for Liverpool Manchester United at home Arsenal whatever you know well go and do something else on a weekend or midweek I don't think it is must win for me. I think the next eight eight games, if they win four of them, it doesn't matter where the win comes. Bournemouth, I think, is a really good opportunity, especially being 12 o'clock on a Sunday. They're not going to bring that many fans. Yeah. And it's so much harder. Well, I wouldn't know. I'm not a professional footballer, but I imagine it's so much harder to, to, to play football in front of a really loud stadium who are just getting behind their team and you've got barely any support behind you. I think it's going to be especially because of the long trip that they're going to have they're obviously going to come up the day before and probably fly but it's still it's way out of the comfort zone when they don't have that many fans there I think it is a game that town really should be targeting four points ideally three if they don't win I think the worst thing that it'll do for town is is destroy the confidence that they got on on Tuesday night mm. but I don't think it's must win I think if they lost to Bournemouth and then beat Crystal Palace Swansea whoever else in the upcoming games, Brighton, Newcastle, you know, it, it won't make any difference that they lost to Bournemouth. And Bournemouth are in ninth place at the minute. Mm. I think it just shows how tight the league is that they've won, I think, their last three games, including Chelsea and Arsenal. And they've gone from being well in the relegation scrap 
to now looking at like European football next year. Yeah. It's absolutely mad. So I mean, there's seven points between nineteenth and ninth. Yeah, which tells you all you need to know about that. Exactly. But the thing is, if, if there's got to be a line in the sand where you say, right, this is we need to win this one because a few people I think too many people have gone on must win before now and it's not been and I, I'm like no this is not a must win this is not a must win don't worry you know as long as we get a result against West Ham at home or you know or even if we don't get after you know I do generally think there has to be a line in the sand where town have to start getting points on the board again and that um, and that's why this for me is the first time I'm saying it's a must win, um, and that because they've got the result against, um, you know, got the result against uh, Birmingham, you know, going back onto that as Roy said, Bournemouth are, you know, go travelling away, not that many fans, and they're not really looking over their shoulders, so to win would pull them maybe back into it, and then they might start panicking themselves or looking back, and just think, it's just all. It kind of built up nicely for it for this weekend and that, and to see a performance and and the result you know that you know town need because then you go play the FA Cup again. I don't think Lightning's going to strike twice. So if you don't win, the, you know apart from the cup, that's another game and and that um, that town having won and then yeah and then I think you got Tottenham haven't it is it afterwards or Tottenham's March third yeah so I just you know I just do think that. For me, it's the first time I'm going to say it's a must-win, and everyone needs to go out. I think it's as it's extended South Stand as well as a more South Stand seat. Yeah, I think the move in the segregation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So literally, that's you know big parts play uh, cowshed loyal as well, and that, I'm sure they will play a part in that as well. Yeah, I mean, how do you think we'll set up and approach this? Four, Is it? It'll go four-two-three-one. Yeah. Go to the tried and trusted method. It. To be honest, I don't think Bournemouth, man for man, are that much better than many championship sides. I think they overperform every year because of what Eddie Howe's done. But I think that Huddersfield Town can attack this game like they would have done a home game in the championship last season. And I think if Alex Pritchard plays and if everyone is is up for the game and, and ready to go and ready to win, I, I do expect them to, to get a result against Bournemouth. Yeah, I, I, I think perhaps going... Pritchard's going to be back in definitely, and I think the Potter up front. Um, Congolo? Congolo? I think yeah. he'll start left back, yeah. Yeah, Congolo left back, um, and that I'd like to see Flo right back, Schindler Zanka, more uh, Hogg, obviously, because he's, you know, he's clearly didn't play with one eye on this. Um, Moy or Billing? Um, either, either, either for me. I think Billing showed what he can do against Birmingham yeah. on, on Tuesday, and I think if he can. Translate that into a Premier League game. He could yeah. be really, really decent. And then, and then Ince, he scored a goal, so hopefully that will give him some confidence. And and Rajiv as well. So yeah, I would say the same. But I, you know, as Rory really on that, and this, and that that's the personnel I'd put out as well. So predictions. Two one. Tell me to town, yeah. And I think Pritchard will get on the score sheet. Okay. You said two one. I thought, oh, that's, you know, better, say, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going. I'm going to go if if everyone is at it and not just the, the players. There's no the quali- there's no qualifiers. You make a so. prediction, boy. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> Put me on the spot with the uh, metaphoric gun to me. head. three one town. Goals from. <laughs> you never asked him for his goals. He told me. <laughs> said it straight away. He said, he said Pritchard. Who's going to get the I other one? I had a vision. <laughs> who's going to get the other one then? 
Steve Mounier. Steve Mounier off the bench or is he starting? He's starting. Okay, he's starting. I'm going to go Depotra, Pritchard and Rajiv van der Parra. I'm going to go 1-0 town and I'm going to go Ince. I think he's he's got his shooting boots on. I mean, he's always had his shooting boots on but now he's got his goal scoring boots on. Um, so, before we wrap up, is there anything anyone wants to say about last week, this week? Not really. I guess the only thing left to say is just let's get as many fans to the stadium yeah. as possible. I think Bournemouth's already a sellout, but let's just be as loud as possible and, and really try and push town on to, to a win, which will be vital in the Premier League and hopefully drag Bournemouth into that relegation scrap again. And you know, Let's just make it as loud as possible at John Smith and as hard as possible for them. You couldn't have said it any better, um, and that yeah, get everyone down, um, and that, and yeah, that's next season starts now for town for me, um, and that, and we're looking up. I think as Wagner rightly said, it makes it slightly easier being in those relegation places. It's always easier to be the 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 the, the hunter as opposed to the prey. So town are in those bottom threes; they're hunting down the others and getting back in that pack, and hopefully, you know. They're in, you know, everyone can be in the bottom three at one point, but just make sure it's not at the end of May. Right, well, thanks for your insight as ever, and thanks to you guys for listening. If you enjoyed it, pop on over to iTunes and give us a decent review. By decent review, I mean five stars, uh, nothing less. And until next time, keep the faith. Nu 2 gig data met een 0 minuten bel- en sms-bundel voor maar 9 euro per maand. Omdat het kan. Check tele2.nl voor de beste deal voor jou. Niet omdat het moet, maar omdat het kan.